Welcome back to the Rewind That Tape podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cash, and today it's just me. Uh, We'll be going over what happened today in sports. May 30th, quite an eventful day um, from NBA to soccer. So let's get into it. To start off the day, you know, just one day here before the NBA finals, we get some big news concerning head coach of the Phoenix Suns, Monty Williams, former head coach, I should say. Williams agreed on signing a deal worth up to $78.5 million over six years to coach the Detroit Pistons. He is the highest paid coach in the league, and he'll even be getting his contracts worth more money than uh, the Pistons' number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. So that's an interesting fact. Uh, my instant reaction to this was great move. Absolutely wonderful move here by Detroit. You know, there aren't many quality coaches, I would say, on the market right now that the Pistons could get for uh, a way more cheaper deal. I think Williams, obviously, is going to want a lot of money. He's been to the finals, and um, he's had a couple second-round appearances with Phoenix. And Detroit is in desperate need of finding a good coach that can develop their young talent. And for me, it's like, what better way than to go with the guy who's developed Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, um, DeAndre Ayton, and, you know, he's kind of resurrected the career of campaign also. So I think that this is a great move for Detroit. You know, you got top five pick coming in with Kate Cunningham, um, James Wiseman, all those guys, you know, Jaden Ivey, most recent uh, first round over or first round pick. So overall, I like this move for Detroit. You know, I feel like it gives them um, a trustworthy coach, you know, one that can could really get things going uh, quickly, um, you know, amongst these young guys because the Pistons have just been bad. Whether it's tanking or not, like they've just been a consistent blowout team, you know, have an occasional win here or there. But other than that, their consistent theme that was uh, used to getting blown out over these past few years. And on top of that, it's it's the fact that they really made no adjustments. You know, their goal was to stack up on young talent. However, things just didn't work out with, uh, with Dwayne Casey, and I feel like that just had to do with the fact that they just they couldn't develop under him. So overall, I feel like this is a great move here for the Pistons, and I think they they set themselves up really well for the future. Next up, which is probably going to be my favorite segment today, has got to be recapping this Europa League final. If you're a fan who um, doesn't watch much soccer, the Europa League final took place today, which is kind of a secondary European competition, if you will, for uh, clubs around Europe. Um, and today it was played between Roma representing the Serie A and Sevilla from La Liga. Now, when we look at Sevilla, um, this season they were battling relegation actually until just after the World Cup. They kind of got things going after firing Julian Lopetegui. Um, Sevilla honestly is a team that no one took note of early on, you know, they were particularly bad and um, they were in the Champions League to start the year, got knocked out of group stage and were bumped to Europa League. Um, 
you know, they didn't have really any star players after losing Jules Koundé to uh, Barcelona. And it, it just wasn't a good situation for their fans. But if there's one thing that you need to know about the Sevilla team or this club and its history, it's that they love them some Europa League football. They've appeared in seven Europa League finals, which is extremely hard to do. I will tell you that. And they've won all seven of them. On top of the seven appearances, that club has won every single final they've been a part of. And um, no, and people thought that streak would end this year. You know, they didn't have a key player. You know, they had Ivan Rakitic, but he really, he's 34 years old and um, is just there because they were, they were his childhood club and he wanted to kind of repay the fans. Um, so anyway, Sevilla, they were a team that no one paid attention to. And here they were yesterday um, in the Europa League final. You know, even though they were mid-table, finished 11th in La Liga, they were still um, pushing for a Champions League spot today, which is very impressive. So they get knocked out of... Um, they get knocked out of the Champions League. In the round of 16 of the Europa League, they get paired up against Fernabench, one of the top Turkish teams, um, and they knock them out 2-1 on aggregate. Next round is where it's over, as it seems, to the public's eye. You have to go two legs with Manchester United, a team that was in great form at the time, um, and, and beat them. So they go down 2-0 at Old Trafford, and it's the first half hasn't ended. It's 21 minutes gone by. Sevilla's already down 2-0. In Old Trafford, mind you. The game finishes with a 2-2 tie. Sevilla getting uh, two on goals, forcing two on goals on Manchester United. So they're 2-2 going into the second leg at Sevilla. Still, Sevilla aren't favored here. You can think of this as a Miami Heat comparison, how they're doing so far in the playoffs. There was no chance of them being where they are. Same here with Sevilla. They go down, second round, paying Manchester United, one of the best teams in the world at the time. At home, they beat them 3-0. 3-0. Manchester United got shut out. And that was huge. Only managed to get three shots on target. And the entire Sevilla team probably played the best ball they've ever played. They just kept excelling in Europe. Go to the semifinal against one of the better Italian teams in the world, Juventus. And Sorry, Juventus. And they tie the first leg. Uh... There in Italy, they tie the first leg in Torino, go to the second leg, and Sevilla come up clutch. They go down two one on aggregate, or excuse me, they go they go down two one on aggregate at home, score two goals within the final twenty minutes to win this uh, semifinal against Juventus. Then they're matched up with the Roma team, coached by one of the greatest and most iconic managers of all time, Jose Mourinho. Mourinho, coming into this final, had never, ever lost a European Cup final in his life. That's just what makes him such a good manager. He excels in the tough moments. And he did the same thing with Roma last year, taking them to the Conference League finals and winning it. And that, that's uncharted territory for them, you know, just winning any European Cup. Um, and he's back in the final this year again. This game, I tell you. It was it was very interesting because to start out with Roma sort of controlled the game, had the possession, had a couple more shots, and they strike first with Paulo Dybala, who's a striker that wasn't even supposed to suit up today due to injury. He suits up and scores a goal in the thirty fifth minute. 
the momentum is with Roma, right? You know, they have a goal in the finals, uh, striker scoring, they're playing well all around the pitch, but they just let up. They gave in to everything Sevilla wanted, um, let Sevilla do whatever they wanted. Sevilla completely controlled possess- possession after that. They were able to get a few more quality shots up, and they go down uh, 1-0 in half. With, with They're not feeling that bad. There's just one goal away, and they dominated after Roma scored. Fast forward to the second half. Sevilla are constantly attacking. It, it seems like Roma's playing like they have a red card, um, and, and they were just playing defensive. They parked the bus, put all their guys at the back, and Sevilla were just firing in crosses till one finally went in. Ultimately, it was an own goal, but it was still very, very good chance there by Sevilla. From that, from that point on, like I was, I was scared for Roma. Like I wasn't going for Roma, but I was just scared for them. Like you can't go down like this in a European final. Sevilla, they're not known to have all that kind of possession, especially going up against teams of Roma's quality. Um, but in the end of the day, like Roma just weren't able to. They established possession. They were able to. Gained some momentum later on after extra time, uh, still 1-1 after 120 minutes. After extra time, it was still 1-1, so went into penalties, and Sevilla just completely uh, took over. And I don't know if you can do that in penalties, but they did. Ended 4-1. Um, it was interesting decisions here by Roma because Roma decided to, their first three kickers were center meal feeder, or no, center back and two center midfielders, which is um, very surprising to me from Moreno, you know, knowing that he really puts faith in the guys that are performing well, no matter if it's just one bad game, it's more about the overall consistency. And to go with corner or center backs who haven't had all the experience in the world when it comes to penalties, um, take those first three to me was mind-boggling and that didn't pay off. You had one guy miss, one penalty get saved. And the rest was history. Sevilla went on to win. And, uh, yeah, like I said, this this decision by Jose Mourinho really confuses me because you had strikers. You still had um, Gini Wijnaldum. You still had uh, Andrea Belotti. You still had all these guys to take the pen and to take those first three pens, and he didn't. Um, it was mind-boggling to me, and I think that, that ultimately is what cost him. Because Sevilla gained uh, gained advantage, you know they they felt the momentum at that time after the first Roma miss, and completely took advantage. But it was still a great game, and one where I'm now really questioning Mourinho's future with Roma. I want to talk about that as well. He wins them their first European Cup in decades. Uh, last year, winning the Conference League puts them into the Europa League. Um, and they're looking to qualify for the Champions League, finish top four in the Serie A, but um, they, they just started losing, drawing games, and they started uh, dropping points that they should have picked up if they wanted to finish top four. They, end, they ended up finishing seventh in Serie A, and, but they have one more chance. They have one more chance to qualify for the Champions League, a competition where Marino has so much history in. And... Um, they, they just didn't get it done. And finishing seventh in uh, Serie A is going to put them right back where they were. Or excuse me, sixth. It'll put them right back where they were this year, which is Europa League. And they're likely going to be letting go of Paulo Dybala. Tammy Abraham has to return to Chelsea. Um, 
the overall age of the squad it's it's nearing its uh time and it's just not looking good future wise for Mourinho to invest his years in um especially the with the fact that he wants to win titles and he needs them now he wants to win them now um so i i don't think Roma's the place for him anymore i think that if they won if they won uh against Sevilla it's a different it's a different uh outcome here for Mourinho because they they get additional funds for making the Champions League all this money um they get players potentially resign and many players could transfer in and this is a golden opportunity for Mourinho and i th- i think they just blew it you know if i was Mourinho like it do- it wouldn't make much sense to go back to to Roma just because you're playing Europa League ball next year and it's just the team doesn't look like it's getting any better. And I think from a manager's perspective, when a club isn't investing in you, like I don't think it's right for the manager to invest his time in the club because especially if they're um, older and you know have a history of winning titles, there's no good reason to let go of that manager. So overall from that, I, I just I don't think the situation is really good for Mourinho. However, if Roma could somehow pull a deal off, it would be massive for their club. Lastly here, I wanted to mention how this NBA Finals could shape up to be one of the all-time greats, even though people just aren't giving it the love it deserves. You know, just because we're not seeing this Lakers-Celtics fight for the 18th title finals, people aren't going to watch it is what I'm hearing, and it's ridiculous to me. You know, this league has so much talent to offer, and I feel like just because one team is not have the most popular superstar they're not part of the big market doesn't mean we can't watch them they are these are two very exciting teams to watch and i just feel like the finals overall just deserves more attention nothing more nothing less i just feel like we should expect fans to be able to want to watch this game it's the championship fighting for an nba title two guys who don't have a ring yet and i don't i just don't think the media is doing a great job of uh getting viewers obviously the nba would like that but it's just not happening and i feel like this finals deserves more attention you have the best center going up against jimmy butler who is an eight seed he's an eight seed in the nba finals he's willed his way his team has willed his way along with caleb martin gabe vincent bam out of bio and on top of that they get tyler hero back which i feel like is huge because it just opens up more depth he comes back game three, they can put him on the bench, and he can spark that offense along with Kyle Lowry. And I just feel like there's so many good reasons to watch this finals, but uh, I think this it needs to get hyped up more by the media. You know, we need to be paying more attention to this because it's just it's a golden opportunity to see a great matchup, um, which I feel will – it's going to be one of the best in a few years, I feel like, because – we saw a couple blowouts last year. Yeah, they were close games, but I just feel like this finals, this this matchup's gonna stay more consistent. So we'll see y'all back tomorrow. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Um, we got social media, Instagram, Twitter. We got Bleacher Report account too, TikTok, all of that. Make sure to follow us at Rewind That Tape, and then uh, for Twitter, it's at Rewind underscore Tape. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.